InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. With college graduations wrapped up, now those newly minted grads are ready to find jobs. One key to help these young job seekers succeed is preparation. Here with the story, InfoTrack reporter Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Joining us now is Andres Lares, managing partner at Shapiro Negotiations Institute. He co-authored the book Persuade, the four-step process to influence people and decisions, and he has coached negotiation skills for the NFL's Cleveland Browns and the NBA's Brooklyn Nets. Andres, you talk about researching the company and position before you even apply and interview. What are some of the good interview sites to look at? A big part of it is just kind of understanding what's important to the company, what's their vision, what is the role like. And so these are things that you'd find almost more in the position, in the job description, in reviews from a Glassdoor or salary.com for finding precedents for the negotiation. But really understanding what makes the company really tick and what's important for the role, because that'll give you a better sense of where to focus in the job interview. And we'll come to salary in just a moment. But first, for college graduates with little or no real work experience in the jobs they're seeking, how do they create value for themselves with potential employers? The nice part about this, and I think it's often forgotten for new grads, is that people understand that you're just graduating. So there isn't an expectation and they're not hiring you for your experience. You're a new grad. That's not what they're hiring you for. They're hiring you for the effort that you're going to put in, the work effort and ethic. And they are hiring you, hopefully, for your ability to learn very quickly and then kind of long term, hopefully, to stay with the company and grow within the company. And so if you remember that, then it's about fitting into the company culture. It's about working hard. It's about learning quickly. And so those are the attributes that you really want to try to focus on and demonstrate during the interview because they know what they're getting when they're hiring someone who's just out of college. They're not expecting the equivalent of 10 years experience. But many seasoned professionals would list specific achievements on their resumes, as you know, such as increased sales by X percent in one year alone. If these young prospective new hires do have some sort of experience to tout, shouldn't they put that at least on their resume? Absolutely. That is a really important point for two reasons. First, anything that you can put on your resume, it's kind of objective or as objective as possible, where you did X, Y, and Z, had X, Y, and Z impact is helpful. It makes it easier to understand for the reader of the resume, so for sure. And the second is, that also that begs the question that as early as you can, even as late as now, think about what kind of experience can I get to be kind of always thinking one step ahead that I would be able to put this on my resume. So if you're kind of thinking that in advance, and then absolutely you should include that because in some way, shape or form, they're going to have to differentiate you from everyone else. And so if you can help them do that with something that is objective, you are making it easier for them and in turn easier for you. During an interview, you say that recent graduates should clearly state their goals and why it's a win-win for everyone. How so is that? What you're trying to do here is not necessarily say, I got to be paid X and Y and Z, or, you know, this is what I need from a compensation perspective. But you do want to be clear on what you want to achieve. And so you want to balance kind of ambition with also your work ethic and humility and then your ability to kind of work in a team. But the more precision you provide around who you are and what you want, the easier it is for them to kind of understand what makes you tick. And you want that, right? What you're really looking for is a mutual fit, not necessarily trying to be a chameleon and be what you think they want you to be. But you're instead, especially if you're applying in multiple places, you're trying to be specific 
and you're trying to essentially present where you want to go and who you are so that you will find your match. And so more precision there is helpful with what you want to achieve. And again, it's important that when you do that to balance confidence, but also with humility. And what's your advice to those who have cold feet, so to speak, about talking up their achievements or capabilities? How would you nudge them forward? Well, that is something that is not just for recent grads or upcoming grads. And so the first thing I would tell them is I think we can all empathize for that. Most people have that. And if you've never had that in your life, then that you know there may be potentially something wrong with you. So it is perfectly normal. And so the big focus I would say is, okay, well, what can you do about that? And the answer to that is prepare. There's a phrase that we love to say, which is nothing convinces like conviction. And so if you're getting cold feet about how do you present yourself in the best way possible, you want to prepare, you want to think about, okay, what makes me special? Why would I hire myself? Think of the two, three, four reasons. And again, notice that I'm not saying one, so you put all your eggs in one basket, but I'm also not saying 10 because you're diluting them. But if you give so many, and then you want to really rehearse those, provide examples kind of at your fingertips that you could be able to provide in order to say, here is proof that I am in fact X, Y, and Z. And then by the time you get into the interview, you are more confident in yourself and you're more confident in communicating that. And so that will help you tremendously. We're visiting with Andres Larres, managing partner at Shapiro Negotiations Institute. Suppose they ask about your salary needs very early in the interview. Should you defer the question by saying something like, well, let's see if we're a good fit for each other? So when the first compensation conversation comes up, it's important to remember a couple of things. Ideally, you would defer it. That is assuming that you don't have an absolute minimum and another offer waiting at the table, right? So if Example one, you have another offer on the table, you're going through this, you might prefer this job if you got at least a certain amount of money. In that case, then you probably want to do it. But in any other scenario, which in this market is probably more likely, then you ideally want to defer it. Because ideally, number one, you do want to find out if it's a better fit and you want them to get to know you better. But then eventually you're going to want to defer it and you're going to want optimally for them to put the first offer on the table because that gives you information. For all the prep that you could do, you never know where they're going to start. Because if you start, if you go too low, you're leaving money on the table. And if you go too high, you may be removing yourself from consideration. And so it's better for them to start. And you can always negotiate from there rather than the other way around. And you did mention before salary.com might be one of the sites to check to see what the market in your area might bring for a particular job like that. But returning to this, is an early question about your salary needs a red flag? I would say really it depends or there's not enough information to indicate that because to some extent, if they're looking to hire very quickly, it's natural to say, okay, we need to filter in some way. And so let's filter based on expectations because no one wants to speak with a candidate for a couple of weeks, do multiple interviews, only to find out they need to get paid 50% more than you'd be willing to offer. And so it isn't necessarily a red flag, especially at the entry level. If there is a lot of supply, then they're looking for some way to filter. And so it isn't necessarily a red flag, although it is ideal that both the employer and the potential employee want to get to know each other first. And if it was a really good fit, you would hope they'd be willing to go a little bit above and beyond what they had thought. But at the same time, for an entry level, and if there is a lot of supply, then that may not always be reasonable and they may want to move very quickly. And so that's what that question is doing. It's trying to expedite the process. Are people starting out able to negotiate matters other than salary, such as health insurance and paid time off and such? Not only are they able to, but we highly recommend it. And here's why. 
If you are only negotiating salary, then it's a fixed sum negotiation. I want sixty thousand. We can only pay you forty. Okay, forty-five. No, fifty-five, and you're going to end up at fifty. And so that's the only thing that you can negotiate. But if instead you're negotiating over multiple pieces, the paid time off, the matching for your four hundred one k, your title, the ability to work remotely, and salary, all of those things together, what you're able to do is trade the things that are most important to you. Versus the things that are least important to them, and vice versa. And so it's actually counterintuitive. We feel bad asking for more things, but you're not so much asking for them as you're putting multiple aspects on the table. So you're negotiating over more than one thing. So you're trading rather than just negotiating in a fixed sum fashion. And finally, when is a good time to inject letters of recommendation into the process after the first interview or immediately? This is another one that it is difficult to give an exact answer because it depends on so many factors. Because the pace of interview process can be so different. We certainly are aware of processes that take months to do over multiple interviews, phone, then online, video, and then in person, or some that are very quick and over a week period. It could be all the way from first interview all the way to a decision, and so. It is difficult to provide an exact response to that, and it also depends on how good your letters of reference are. And so, a letter of reference is certainly one step below an actual reference call. And so, it doesn't take a lot of effort. There's some folks that really swear by including in the back of their resume, "Here are some references." And so, they may not get called, and they're going to assume the employer will call them in advance. But it shows, hey, I'm really confident these people will say great things. But the letter of reference can't hurt, so there isn't an exact time we could say is optimal, but we could say it's probably better to do it earlier rather than later. So interesting, and so much to think about. Andres Lares, managing partner at Shapiro Negotiations Institute. Thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate you having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. Next, what makes each generation so unique? That story straight ahead. There's more InfoTrack coming up. Stay tuned. 